Blog Talk Radio. Cinnamon Moon. 
Uh, Winter Brook is not on the air tonight. She's on her way to England, and uh, she'll be back next week. And we wish her well, and let everybody send some good juju to her and, and blessings and prayers that all goes well, that she has a great time, and that she gets back, she gets there safely and gets back to us safely uh, next week. So, I'm your host, Rose Jimenez, and just to let you know, if you have not listened to The Wisdom of Spirit, this is a Thursday evening at 7 p.m. show where each week we offer a myriad of spiritual and metaphysical insights to help and guide you in your day-to-day living. Our topics include and are not limited to spirit messages and guidance, psychic and mediumship chats, alternative medical healing modalities. Uh, We have a monthly meditation Chakras, gemstones, tarot, runes, um, astrology, numerology, animal communication, and more. And we do have special guests from time to time. As this evening, we have Cinnamon Moon here with us. And um, we hope to bring you a well-rounded bunch of information regarding spirituality and Um, metaphysics. My guest this evening, Cinnamon Moon, has been serving with her past work for over 45 years now. She's a non-denominational minister, spiritual teacher, clairsentient reader, and the author of A Medicine Woman Speaks. She's co-founder of an online study center, pardon me, Spirit Lodge, and a Facebook group called Two Moons Talking, Lessons in the Spirit Lodge, as well as doing her radio show, Cinnamon Moon at Night, each and every Monday evening. Her teachings focus on shamanic and indigenous spiritual principles, along with a background that allows her to draw from a wide variety of natural, nature-based traditions. I love her. I know her, oh, let's see, how long do I know her? I, I believe it's six years. And she is ace at what she does. She is very knowledgeable. She's a wonderful teacher, mentor, psychic, medium, you name it. She's great at it. So without further ado, let's bring Cinnamon on. Hi, Cinnamon. Hi, Rose. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm enjoying it. Good yeah, to be with see, you. There's a little bit away. Well, it's nice to hear your voice. We've been talking so much by inboxing lately that it, it feels good to hear your voice. Yeah, same here. So, um, okay, so give us a little bit of background and tell us, I know your daughters too, so like this is this is just like so much more fun for me because I love Gypsy, <laughs> we have marathon phone conversations, and River, I've never spoke to her, but I, I'm friends with her too on Facebook, and 
You and your children are just, you're a wonderful triple goddess trio, you girls. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Good, that's sweet of you to say so. They're good girls. Yeah, of course they are. Uh, how old were you when you became spiritually aware and, like, you knew something else was going on? Oh, gosh. I uh, I became aware of my abilities and having guides at a really early age. I was only five years old um, when my first spirit guide came to me. And at that time, I'd come down with whooping cough and had slipped into a coma. So um, I can remember it just as vividly today as it as if it happened yesterday, you know. Uh, and it's a long time ago. But I was skipping down this red and white pinwheel, and I was going down the white spiral into a vortex. And along the way, I met this old man, and he reminded me so much of my grandfather who had recently crossed over. Their essence was the same, so I liked him right away. And he turned to me saying, you're not supposed to be here. Then he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, tag, you're it, and started running slowly up the red path. So I started chasing after him. And uh, he'd almost let me catch him, and then then he'd jump ahead again. You know, it was like uh, Roadrunner and Coyote. And, <laughs> and uh, he brought me up out of the coma. And when I when I woke up, I was looking for him, and everyone thought I was having hallucinations. But I knew I wasn't. And to validate that, that uh, it was authentic, he's been with me ever since throughout my life as a, as a guardian spirit. And he's always present when my my fears grew strong when I was younger and introducing me to other spirit helpers at times and generally just making sure I stayed safe. So it all started at a real early age. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I know I was about four or five when uh, I started hearing spirit. And it was like, okay, <laughs> it felt mm-hmm. so natural. And then when I it got is older, at that age. It's um, wonderful. It's wonderful because it then there's nobody shutting your mind, you know, and and you just accept it as part of life and and flow with it. So I think we were both blessed, you know. That's that's yeah. a gift, I think. So many have to well, reconnect and relearn it, you know. You remained open with it, right? You didn't shut it down at one point, did you? No, not really. I stepped away from things at times, but I always came back to it. You know, I'd step away for six months or a year and then go back to it again. Um, but ne- I never turned my back on it. Oh, see, like with me, when I was about 10, 12 years old, my friends, uh, I would tell them, you know, I hear this, and, and they're like, oh, no, you better, you better get rid of that because they'll lock you up. They'll put you in the crazy house. Well, that, yeah, you had to keep have, your mouth shut, you know. Yeah. <laughs> back when we were kids, you and know, I, it was a different time. You didn't talk about these things back then. No, like you know, me, I, I was you born in the late forties, and you just couldn't, uh, yeah. you couldn't talk about it in public. That's for sure. And from what I had heard about my aunt, who was who was put in a mental institution for a period of time because they said she had schizophrenia. She wasn't schizophrenic. She was psychic. But yeah. they were convinced the woman was out of her out of her mind 
And I well, remember my mom talking. My mom was talking about the horrific shock treatments that they gave her. Cinnamon, you oh. never saw anybody shut down the stuff so quick like me. I shut it down for about ten years or more. I yeah. don't want to know. I I used to look at a person and see their aura naturally. And um, that went out the window. Now it's, oh, what do you see in my aura? Oh, well, stand in front of that white wall, please, because, <laughs> you know, it's just, having shut it down made everything so much more difficult when I decided to bring it back up again. Well, that's, so, that's uh, something that most people find happening to, for them. You know, I mean, they're open as children, and then for whatever reason, there's many reasons people shut down, but they shut down and then they try to reopen it when they're adults. And you have to go back to grabbing that childhood innocence. That's part of it, a big part of it. And just be open like a child is open. That that it's such a tall there's order no for judgment adult, about you know, is this real or not. They just accept it, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, in a way, I don't know. I'm always telling people that the universe wants us all to just have fun. All of this stuff that gives people anxiety and stress and nervousness is because we've all put it upon ourselves. Nobody thinks you had to be ultra serious and take things to heart, and you have to work like a horse. We did it all to ourselves. It's my firm belief that the universe wants us all to be happy and be joyful and go back to that state of childhood when we anticipated nothing, expected nothing. We just enjoyed each moment as it came. Yes. We don't do it anymore as adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's very important. Yeah. And so. Th- when we're joyful and we're enjoying it, and it it is there there's there's a lot of fun in being on the spiritual side of things. Um, th- then our guides and our angels are are just as joyful. They're having just as much fun because they know we're al- alert and they know we're paying attention to them, and so they can they can have fun with us. You know, my guides came when they came through when I was little. They had fun with me. They played with me. They were my friends. Yeah. And so I didn't treat them. Yeah, I didn't treat them like I needed to bow down at their feet. I treated them like I would a friend down the street or like I would a family member with respect. But I loved them. I just loved them. That was it. And they were, we've been that way ever since. I've never had to go into um, a ceremony to bring them forward. They they just come, you know. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, I think but I think it's because that connection people, was always there. Yeah. And people get confused. It's like when we say the universe wants us to have fun, it means the universe wants us to approach life in a positive manner. Having fun doesn't mean, oh, well, the universe wants you to be irresponsible. No. Big difference. Yeah. But they do have a sense but, of uh, humor, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. They can laugh, too. So <laughs> well, I think I've had a blink on me, universe. you know. So, yeah. Uh-huh. 
I said the universe sets us up so that, you know, we can have certain things happen. And then when, when it goes wrong or whatever, it's funny. It's like the universe is laughing. The universe has a sick sense of humor. They set us up for Sometimes, and, yeah. And they watch us. <laughs> Like, watch this idiot, or watch and see what she does, you know. <laughs> great source of entertainment. But, uh, so you work with totem animals as well. Yes. Tell us how you got involved with that. Well, um, it was around the same time. Um, my first totem animal appeared, it was wolf. And she came at night as a shadow figure and would sit at the foot of my bed and bring her pack with her. And they they were shadows, Ooh. too, and they'd curl up underneath the bed in a circle, and they'd just go to sleep. But she sat and watched me. And if I got up in uh, the middle of the night to use the bathroom, she'd follow me. And that scared me at first. How does a shadow follow you around? It was kind of that Peter Pan thingy, you know. And I looked and looked and looked for a source in the house that would create the shadow, but there wasn't one. And shadows just simply don't follow you room to room. So I knew she was real, but what was she? And that, that it kind of made me nervous. I didn't want to tell anybody about her at first. But uh, she took me down many, many paths of learning over the years and through myth and lore and earth and nature-based traditions and through the mystery schools and world religion as well as philosophy. And, and she was just with me always um, as I, I was searching to find my path. And she encouraged me to follow my interests and curiosities. And in that, I learned about teaching others in a right manner for, because her ways were stern and, and gentle at the same time. They were tolerant, and she encouraged me to just be me. All my guides did. And uh, she created a fascination in learning more about our creature teachers. So the studies just naturally followed, and over time I began to, um, to see the totems of others in their faces, in their mannerisms and body movements, um, I could see them in their auric field at times, and I was observant. I didn't do anything more with it when that was developing. I, it was like I was waiting for validations that I was right, and so that was a study that went on for oh, a good year or more, and then their totems began stepping forward and showing themselves to me in the auric field and around the individuals or They'd overlay, like, transparencies on their faces. So I've been fascinated um, uh, with them ever since I was very young. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first totem wolf, and I felt such a connection with wolf. Like, when I tell people that wolf is in my soul, a lot of people don't get it. But, I mean... She's wonderful. She firmly is planted in my soul that when I read Absolutely. bad news about wolves being shot, killed, whatever, oh, it goes straight to my yeah. gut and into my soul. Yeah. It's like you killed a family member of mine. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Very basically, active. you yeah. know, and you, 
one place will stop it and the other place will start it up again, you know. It's like people just, they're killing them out of fear and it's crazy. They're good for the ecosystem. Exactly, but humans are doing so much out of fear, especially these days. I mean, it's it's insane. We are just yeah. living in the vibe of fear and it's not helping anybody. Not what me, they don't I step out of it. That, Oh, I know, me too. I'm I'm out of it. But, I mean, what people don't realize is the more they talk about fear, the more they post stuff that's negative, that's, uh, you know, just down, 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 and negative, negative, and bad, 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 and, oh, this is terrible, look at this. You're, you're not coming from a place of love, and unless we all get into that place of love, that vibe of love, the world's not going to get better. Yes, but you're right. not there yet. <laughs> Um, so now you're one who works with the elemental forces in nature. How did that begin? And, you know, and it all that? started when I was so young, Rose. Um, I was five, and my first experience was with the element of air and interacting with the wind. And I'd learned then that it was a sentient essence because it had come to play with me. I was or it was tasseling my hair and blowing it in my face while I was busy trying to build a house on the clothesline. You know how you pin sheets with clothespins and make rooms? Yeah. And uh, so I was out in the yard trying to build myself this little house, and I got frustrated with constantly brushing my hair out of my face and instinctively just talked to the wind. And Well, actually, I scolded it. I I got annoyed, and I said, go over there, and I pointed to a corner of the yard, and it went. It went. (laughs) And and I went, wow, okay. And, of course, it came back, and I repeated my directive, pointing in another direction, and it went that way, and it came back. So I did the same thing and, and again and again and again, and it was listening to me, and it was being responsive. And that's when I said to myself, wow, it's really playing with me. And we could be, we became friends, I guess you could say. You know, it taught me how to send messages on it, to ride it if I wanted to, along spiritual lines in what today I would call a shamanic journey. And I learned that I was Love able it. to call it or send it on its way or steer it in a new direction. And to this day, we're still interacting this on that same level, you know, successively the the other elements introduced themselves to me over the next decade or so. So it was just a matter of getting to know them, but I learned in a very um on a very personal level, they were my teachers. I didn't have somebody saying, This is the element of of air and these are its traits and this is what it's attributes are and and this is how you work with it i had to figure it out as we went you know so yeah it was interesting i i think that kind of learning is good because you don't have anybody handing it to you on a on a platter so to speak and it makes you have to find out figure out so i feel you learn even better that way but that's just my opinion well yeah and i was so young when this began that I took it for granted that's how it was. That was life. That was nature. And it was right. alive. That's all, you know. And so I I treated it like it was alive, and it was responsive and sentient. It understood me. 
You know, we didn't speak like you and I are speaking, although I would talk to it like I'm talking to you. But it, right. it responded on a on a more sensory level with me, you know. But yeah, I I love the elements, and I think they're they're really fundamental. You know. Well, it's funny. I've I've had conversations with a flame. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just I'll just talk to it, and like when it rises up to like three inches or so, I know it's saying yes. When it goes down, it's almost six. You know, English, it's a no. And like I'll have conversations, and that flame will be going up and down and up and down. And that's just uh-huh. something that came natural to me all these years. Yeah, yeah. So where did your training come from? You know. The training um, you have had. It, uh, yeah, I, it, it's been very eclectic. My stepfather was a bohemian gypsy. My mother and my maternal grandmother were fond of tea leaf readings and seances and metaphysics, but in in a general sort of way, they were it was vicarious through other people. They went to the psychic, Um, and so I grew up in a house that was permissive to that line of thinking. And for the first, it was just really up kind of like hocus pocus. Uh, I never watched it. I don't know. (laughs) They're too busy doing other things. I don't watch the movies. Um, But work too much, my dear. (laughs) Um, I'll have to watch it. I love Ben Midler anyway. So, but uh, for the first fifteen years or so, it was strictly with the elemental forces and my guides, and that's how it all started. But from there, I began to explore on my own, well into my twenties. And at that point, I was looking into mysticism and um, the spiritualist church and the mystery schools and witchcraft and just grabbing information on anything I could get my hands on, basically. And I met a few teachers along the way. Some of them were good and some weren't so nice, but uh, the lessons came. And then uh, I entered college and I studied world religion and philosophy, and in my late 20s, I reconnected with an old friend from junior high school today. They call it middle school. And uh, she was Lakota. And so we we just got into a spiritual conversation one day, and we started sharing our ways. And she began sharing the teachings of the Lakota with me for about five or six years. And then um, she had a bad heart, and it took her out of this world. But before she left... She made me promise to continue to study indigenous teachings, and I've kept that promise with great joy. And I've had, um, I've been blessed with connections with medicine women and men on on many different um, tribes and, and tribal nations: um, Lakota, uh, Delaware, Potawatomic, uh, Hopi, uh, just various traditions and what that taught me was that through all of them though there are a variety of different cultures there are still common threads that run through all of those teachings and so they might present it one way in this tribe and another way in that tribe but it's the same thing and it was the same thing that I had learned from my guides and from the elements I was just finding a place to put the words, the, the, 
semantics to it. And um, when that happened, then I became involved in shamanism alongside the indigenous teachings. And, you know, as a bottom line, I guess shamanism is what speaks loudest to me, but it's, it was a combination of all of that that made me who I am today. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with an eclectic pattern of study for anyone. I think we, we can cool. learn from everything, you know. Yes, we can. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I just wanted to tell you, I made a mistake in him, and the movie you have to watch that I was referring to is Practical Magic. <laughs> oh, that one, yes. <laughs> that yeah. one I have There's seen, yeah. With their aunt. Yeah, I yes. love that one. So, yeah, yeah, let's see. it's we have... wonderful. And we Francis. have a on the line. Let's... Yeah, oh, okay. let's see who we got here. 856, you're on the air with Rose and Cinnamon. Who are we speaking with? Hi, this is Laura. Hi, Laura. How are you? And thanks for calling. Well, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. So, so do you have a uh, question for Cinnamon? I do. I, I've i been applying for jobs, and I wondered if you can see me getting a job uh, anytime oh. soon. Well, are you doing readings, Rose? Yeah, I was going to do them after the break, but since she's here now, why don't we just do this one? Okay. And you want to know uh, if you're going to get a job soon? Yeah, I've been I've been trying to get work for a while. Okay. Breakthrough is what they're they're shouting at me that you um you should have some sort of an agreement with someone within the next two to three week period. So that's not very far away. And uh, that you're not supposed to be afraid. There will be some energy releasing. As soon as that comes, you feel this kind of whoosh in your life. It just kind of, you, things start flowing and happening. And uh, the opportunity that's going to present itself to you is going to be very successful. I feel you should take it. Uh, if you want to look for something further down the road, you can certainly, but I think you should take the first offer that comes to you in the next two to three week period because it's very promising. Okay. It has a future and there's no glass ceiling that I'm getting with you. So I think there's room for growth and, and promotion. Is it something I've already applied to, though, or maybe something I haven't? Well, it looks across? like you're sitting in an interview here with someone in the next two to three weeks and that they make you an offer and it's a handsome offer. So I don't know if it's a second interview or if it's it's a new one, honey. I can't tell you that. But And just my two cents, and my guides are saying that you will be employed by the end of the year. So it's coming, and you're going to be in a job by the end of the year, which when you think about it, it's November 17th. That's like six weeks away. So yeah. instead of thinking, oh, my God, I don't have a job yet, I don't, I don't, I don't, think it's coming. I have it. It's on its way. Okay. And you'll, you'll find promise. employment. Think of it as promised to you, 
and then you can start looking for it, you see. You look okay. for it on a different level of, of perspective when you do it well, that I, way. I do a lot of contract work, so it's probably another contract. But maybe it's a long term. Oh, don't be determined what it is, sweetheart. Just know that a permanent position is coming. Never mind why, how, when, why. Just All know right. it's coming. All right, okay. thank you for calling. We're going to take a little break here, and we will be back. Okay. All right. Rest your voice a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
we now return to Wisdom of Spirit with Rose and Winterbrook right here on the Seika Network. And we are back. Thank you all for listening. Who's listening? And uh, I don't think we have anybody in the chat room, but it's open if y'all want to go in there. And uh, we are continuing with Cinnamon Moon. So, Cinnamon, where, where were you able to find your validations for what was going on in your life? You know, I, I would have to say through just personal experiences and the environment I grew up in. My my family, as I mentioned earlier, was open to the metaphysical side of life, so that made it easy to allow my curiosity to surface. And uh, it seemed validated just that there were others that were interested in these things too, you know. And so it was fine with yeah, them. They shared, they shared their beliefs with me. My stepfather was a Bohemian gypsy and a Roman Catholic, which was quite the combination. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was well, telepathic. Well, tradition, just the tradition, they believe in every religion, every god, every they yes. take everything, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was um he was telepathic. And he was mm-hmm. also a fire starter. I used to watch him start fires from 20 feet away. Just he'd snap his oh, finger and off it. it would go. Yeah. I had yeah. An, a brother who uh, was astral projecting in his elementary school years. I mean, he was just a little tyke, and he was doing it. We had spirits around us growing up in the house that would show themselves. Everybody saw them. So... These things were very, very natural, and all those years brought me a wide variety of spiritual experiences in both the physical and spiritual realm. So I've I've certainly been blessed and gifted with enough of them to know that the guidance and energies that I walk with are powerful and very real. Um, guidance was coming through from an early age on. It never left me. It was always kind, always loving, always looking out for my highest good and telling me to make sure that I stayed a good person. So I, I think that's yeah, I think that's something that's important to pass on to others is that if you're connecting to a sincere guide and entity form of any kind they should be looking out for your best interests or the best interests of anybody around you and not tell you to do anything that is harmful. That's very important, exactly. you know. You know and they would tell me things. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say they would tell me things, and those things proved to be truthful in the experiences that followed. Um, and mainly the how-tos, things that enhanced my understanding of my own gifts and sensory abilities to work with them properly. Um, I have one guide who watches over me, and like to he likes to use disguises to see if I can recognize them. So he'll show up with a different face. He'll show up with a different style of dress. And he still does this. He still does this. He's a shapeshifter, and he loves doing it. And he helped me that way because, 
as I was I was learning to develop an eye for for him in the details of what I was experiencing and trying to catch him at his games, I learned to have an eye for spiritual details in other ways too. And I would I can remember when I was young I would say, Teach me things, teach me what you know and he'd look at me and he'd smile and he'd say you already know, and that drove me absolutely up the walls. What do you mean I know? Tell me something I don't know. I want to learn, you know. <laughs> and he'd lean back against something, and he'd smile in kind of a, a sly sort of way, like, I got you, guess, see, think. You, you know, he made me use my mind. And he right. thought that was so funny. But he was right. I did know. Well, my spirit did. And I did remember from lives lived in other times. I had past life recall when I needed it. It's not something that I go delving deeply into. I don't work in that area at all. But there were times that I was taken into past lives of my own and shown things and came back and put it to use, and it worked. So he loved bringing me clues, and some of his games would go on for years before I would figure them out. He was—he can be exasperating at times, but he—he's one that taught me how to find the answers myself, you know. And I like that. I That's like that. great. So, yeah. What got you into teaching? Well, I think uh, I think sharing has always been a big part of my nature, but guidance did come through and point me in that direction a number of times. When I was five, um, they were telling me that I had a mission in life to fulfill and that I would be helping people understand they were more than a physical being, that they were first and foremost an immortal spiritual being. So they told me that several times over the course of my adolescence as well. And again, they returned with this same basic message when I was about 25 years old. They said, you're a bridge, and you need to, you're going to be spanning the gap between the physical beliefs into spiritual knowing for others by teaching what you know. And so I began sharing the sacred mysteries in my late teens with those that were close friends and that expanded to friends of friends and their referrals. You know how that goes. And right. I'd been working in the uh, the private sector for some time, and, and gosh, it had to be almost a decade later, around the age of 35, I took a vow to continue my teaching and path work with that Lakota friend of mine. And uh, when I was 52, I did a 40-day vision quest. And I had done several smaller ones, but this was the biggie for me and honored my becoming an elder. And in that, I was given directives as to what specifically I was to teach. I was shown the path that I'm to walk and what I need to accomplish. And it was powerful, and it took, oh, I'll bet you a good 10 years before everything I was shown lined up for me. At about 55, there were three guides who came to me. They woke me in the middle of the night and showed themselves to me, each giving me a directive as to the path work, telling me to expand the bridge, to shine a brighter light, and that the path would take me where I needed to go. And I was so at peace with their messages 
and my teachings just evolved from there. I went into radio. I had, I had by that point in time, I had my website up on online, and over time, the process just took me deeper into the public arena. So today, I teach and share to a global client base online and by phone, and. Um, through my radio show, and I don't think I'll ever stop, Rose. I'm 69, and and my my passion's burning as strong today as it ever did. So uh, I don't see you stopping anytime soon. I think you're going to go until you drop. You'll probably drop. I, in the I think of a so show. too. I really do. I I love what I do. Now, you'll just yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to do. do you you know? have a philosophy, Cinnamon. Pardon me? Do you have a teaching, a specific teaching philosophy? Oh, yes, yes, I do. I believe, first of all, that foundations are vitally important, along with respecting the free will and eclectic study path, too. So I encourage everyone to find a tradition that they resonate with and get those foundations in place. It truly is the most expedient means of developing a comprehensive understanding of spiritual principles along with whatever latent gifts and abilities that individual might have. And from there they can build on it as they see fit. But, you know, I feel what we do after we've set them in place is up to us. But getting them in place, the foundations, is vitally important. I also believe that whatever tradition or nature-based teachings speak to us or resonate with us the strongest are the indicators of what foundations we need to seek. If we like it, go after it, you know. Once we have them in place, we have a strong awareness of who we are, what our our sensory abilities are capable of. We know who our basic guides are. And we know how to honor the path that we're taking. We know that we're going to continue growing. So along with this philosophy is um, being a proponent of eclectic study. I believe we have so many teachers in life and should draw from all our experiences. I think they're there for a reason. I don't believe in happenstance. And so um, what resonates with us and touches us in whatever ways it does We need to learn from it. Either it's going to be something we need to do ourselves or it's going to be something we need to not do, but we learn. And those teachers will often come from a variety of different foundations or modalities and in their own way point out the universal consistencies in them. So we see the threads of truth weaving through life in many, many ways. And when our foundations are in place, we're going to see them present in any and all traditions or modalities that we encounter. So everyone's our teacher. Um, We learn a lot in life. Sometimes it's from a a single encounter and sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes it's from a spiritual coach or mentor that we walk with over time. And sometimes it takes, it's a five minute conversation or a child with an old soul that walks up to us and says something profound, but I believe everybody that we meet is there for a reason and has something to teach us. And if we go at life with that attitude, we learn a great deal. Right. 
I'm going to take another call soon. Let me have someone else on the line. Hello, area code 630. You're on with Cinnamon and Rose. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Hi, who are you speaking with? Uh, What? Your name? Who are you speaking with? Oh, my name. I'm sorry. My name is Dion. (laughs) Hi, Hi, Dion. Dion. Hi. What can we do for you? Thank you for calling. Um, I'm just looking to see if you see anything, like, as far as love life coming up for me. Let me see. Cinnamon, do you want to take this, my dear? Yeah, I'm going to pull a couple cards for her and see what comes through. Hey, Dion, yes. they're saying you need to trust your process for one thing, that you will be successful in finding a partner, and it's going to feel like a rebirth to you, brand new, exciting, um, your faith is restored. Over the next two months, you could have as many as five suitors. Now, that's not saying you're going to like all of them, but there are going to be five men that are attracted to you. <laughs> wow! Change <Yeah>. it. <laughs> now, when that when that happens, when that comes up, it's always at least for me, it's a sign that <laughs> that spirit is um, presenting you with like a banquet table. You can choose. It's up to you. Don't let the person choose you. You choose who you want to be with. And if if somebody makes a better friend than than they do a, a life partner, then keep them for a friend and tell them that. Be honest up front. Be yourself. But the man okay. you're going to end up with is going to, um, he's going to be in the picture late December, early January, on into February. And uh, he's very loyal and devoted. He's a one-woman kind of man, so you don't have to worry about him being unfaithful. Or any, I mean, he's got a good reputation. He's got um, integrity, and he drives a dark vehicle. I don't know if it's a car or a truck. It's just I'm seeing black metal. Well, I was seeing somebody who drove a black car, but now he's, like, distant with me, so... Well, maybe he'll come back around, or this could be somebody totally new. I'm not sure, honey, but I, there's five men that are going to be looking at you in the next two months. And by the time you get to the end of January, beginning of February, you're going to be with somebody that's a long-term partner. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Dion. Thank you. You're welcome, honey. Blessings. Wow. Fine, man. I wouldn't know what to do. Anyway. Well, she may not take them all on, but they're going to be present. Well, like I always tell my clients, especially women looking for, you know, love and men and stuff, women have a propensity to take anything that's out there. They're all so desperate these days. But uh, I always say, if this person does not add to or enhance your life. I'm not saying 
they've got to give you all their money or, you know, whatever. But if you're not adding to your life in a positive way, making you happy, making you feel safe, secure, mm-hmm. content, yep. and none of that has anything to do with money, then go for it because mm-hmm. that's really what a relationship is all about. And um, so she's got a nice little uh, smorgasbord there. You want to look for, the, luck with for that, the, the character, not the personality, because you can be the life of the party and still be a jerk. You know, oh, yes. So, oh, yes. You know, and there are those look who, for you know, the character. everyone, and they're like the shining star, but scratch that star a little bit, and underneath it all you got gunk or BS or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Inauthenticity at the day. So, mm-hmm. uh, no. So, Cinnamon, um, what is your book, A Medicine Woman Speaks About? You know, um, I wrote that to cover, it's like an umbrella. Um, It's an overview of spiritual principles as seen through different traditions and cultures. And I wanted to offer a conversational approach with insight into the common threads, uh, the universal teachings of the sacred mysteries that we all seek to understand. So I took a very practical and conversational approach to understanding what shamanism and other nature-based traditions entail. And by conversational, I mean like I'm talking to you. I wrote that way. Right. And, and, and there is insight that points out how this takes nothing away from any religious beliefs that someone might hold. There's a blending of the feminine and masculine ways as I share my personal insights into what we all have the capability and, and the right, the birthright, to explore within ourselves, as well as some cautions that people need to be aware of. So like any book, it takes you to the door, but you have to be willing to do the work and step through it. Right. That's great. Do you address ritual practices? Most certainly. Um, I talk about purification, protection, and readiness in creating sacred space, how important it is to connect with our guides and spirit helpers when we do enter sacred space to do any sort of energy work. Um, I include exercises to help the reader experience and at least get a taste of the spirit realms and what it is to walk between those worlds. Um, There's also some touching on how to begin uncovering their own gifts while um, taking a solid look into working with the forces of nature and the importance of developing a spiritual philosophy or sacred point of view on their own because if if you're going to work with energy, you need to understand ritual. It's it's important because if something starts to go haywire, you need to know how to counter it. And That's if you true. don't understand those practices, you end up with a lot of mud on your hands and probably in your face and hair too, you know. And it works. I remember years ago I was directed to do a ritual with my then husband, and I just knew. I said, you know, 
I've done ritual before, and I know what you can and can't do, and the protection you need, and the decorum that you have to have. And in some cases, the steel nerves that you have to have for whatever may or may not occur within the circle, within the ritual. And after we were directed to do that, something just kept telling me, he's going to mess this up. Because when he worked any kind of um, energy work, spiritual work, he was never totally focused. He was distracted. He was like like he had ADHD. And I'm like, that could bring us down totally. So we were directed to do it. And as the time approached, I was more and more apprehensive. And I was so thankful that somebody else had come and said to uh, our boss father at the time, tell Rose not to do it because mm-hmm. the husband's going to mess it up. And I'm like, oh, thank God, spirit validation and confirmation. And, and we didn't do it because what I saw happening wasn't good. And, I mean, I'm good, but it's like, oh, this would be a disaster. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to eat that. But you also need to know the ingredients of ritual, what needs to be there. And what and and that way if you are invited to partake in one that, that somebody else is leading, uh, you know if something's missing and you can call on it in your own way and, and add it to what's right. going on to make sure that that, that ingredient is in there. There's a lot of um, access to spell books out there today, and people have spells spells around left, right, and center like it's candy. And the thing is, they usually, as a rule of thumb, are going to leave out some important ingredient so that the spell is incomplete, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to know what to fill in. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I've had a lot of energy workers uh, talking about energy and 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 like almost fearful, like oh, I don't want that negative stuff on me or oh. And and the first thing I'll say to them is, but you're an energy worker. One of the basics of energy work, be it you know uh, healing modality energy work or psychic work or mediumship work, first rule of thumb is to ground and then protect yourself. Absolutely. Seems like a lot of these people nowadays, they have no idea how to protect themselves, let alone no. do they ground themselves first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Protection, grounding, centering, um, it's, it's all vitally important because we're going to, um, we're going to get involved in energies that maybe aren't so nice from time to time, you know, and you want to make sure they're not going to attach to you and create havoc in your life. So those those exactly. are important things to learn. Yeah. Too many people decided that for people like, oh, so long as I, I believe only in, in good and in, in the white light and white things and good things, it's like, listen, yin, yang, you have one energy, you have the counterpart. There's no such thing as only positive only light. Where there's light, there's dark. Where there's positive, there's negative. Yeah, so, and if you believe any different, you're a fluff bunny, you know. Exactly, my dear. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's least. what happened with, with the, when the New Age movement was born. There was a lot of that misinformation going around. All you have well, to do is, 
is is do it. You know, you you don't need to do anything they were special. Enchanted it's there. The metaphysical. They were very yeah. much enchanted, and at the same time, they were doing what I call they were dabbling. They weren't approaching it as a serious study or a serious interest. They started dabbling, and if the dabbling exactly. worked, then they, they promoted it. Yeah. Again, it's yeah. part of that. It's all about money. It's all about greed. It's all about, hey, if I do this, I can make money. But were they thinking, is it true? Is it authentic? Is it real? Is it irrelevant? Do you know what you're doing? No. All mm-hmm. I was thinking of is there's money to be made with this. Yeah. I can I can tell people whatever yeah. I want to tell them, and they'll believe me. And it, it doesn't work that exactly. way. And you, if you're studying... And you, you know, there's there's the curious and there's the serious rows. And if they're serious, they're going to want their validations. Well, it's funny. So in, nice. in the teachings I, I give I people, testing. they get those validations all along the way. And if they're not getting them, then right. we don't proceed until they do. It's that simple. We're going to I keep was, working at this I until you got it. Lady. Now, I was told by a lady the other night, because I'm trying to get into this other, you know, thing. She said, well, if you want to work for me as a psychic, I have to test you. And I said, well, I'm glad you do, because too many people don't. And I think it's great that you test people. It's necessary. I have no qualms. You know, if you're authentic, you don't have any qualms. So um, she tested me, and I passed. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to be working with her. But um, you and I both know there are there are places out there like these, you know, um, getyourpsychic.com that they oh, don't yeah. test the readers. And you know, as I and said to this lady, there's a lot of people out you know, there that are taking advantage of the of the client in a major right, way because it's and the giving bad information. Bad authentic psychics, you know. It does. It does. Yes. So, yeah, I and I testing. don't believe in the right. uh, celebrity psychic stuff either. I don't like that. Oh. I, it doesn't register no. with me. I think you. Although I do have, just I go do about have your a celebrity business. psychic. I do have a celebrity psychic who's a friend of mine, and he is authentic and he is real, and uh, I appreciate him and I. Um, I yeah, love it's him, just but, not the uh, path for me. I, it's not the path for me to yeah. walk. I, I'm not criticizing the celebrities that are out there. Some of them are, are well, exceptionally like, good at what they do, but I just I don't want to be standing in that kind of a limelight. I just want to do the work. And you're like me. I, can I do the work from, like, behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz? I don't want to be out there, but I really don't. But Spirit has other intentions for me and other ideas, and okay, whatever. But last yeah. but not least, Cinnamon, yeah. what prompted you to develop Spirit Lodge, and Two Moons Talking, your two shows. Oh, um, well, you know, you um, <laughs> the study center is at spiritlodge.5u.com, and that was founded back in January of 2000 as a learning center and a resource center, and it was a concept that was that. guided guided by spirit. Our focus there is as a means to bridge the gap into spiritual growth and enlightenment with the needs of the seeker in mind. And while we began with just a handful of pages and one interactive discussion forum to share questions and experiences and knowledge, we began growing 
exponentially fast. And we moved from site to site to site over time to accommodate that growth. And now it's in its second decade. It has turned into a tremendous resource and study center. We've moved yeah, I love forever. It. Yeah, we've got a forever home, and we're still linking the library articles, but we're almost finished with that process, and we're very proud of what we've accomplished. The demand yeah, if for, I have any question, that's the first place I go to. Mm, well, the demand for personal programs told us we needed to expand as we did, and today we have hundreds of pages of resource material that's free to the public to use. Um, when social media overtook the forum websites, we took our forum discussions over to Facebook, and that's where Two Moons Talking Lessons in the Spirit Lodge came about. People can post or, or share questions there now. And our study center membership at Spirit Lodge and Two Moons Talking is always free. Um, we like to recognize the diversity of backgrounds and experiences people come from. We're able to offer well-rounded support structures. And the format is designed to assist in self-empowerment of anyone who is seeking spiritual development. Our visitors have numbered in the millions, and because we focus on their needs, not our own, our format is flexible. It allows the individual to follow their interest, work independently, or with coaching sessions if and when they want them. And they're free to do so at their own pace and explore as deeply as their heart desires. We offer resources, there's seminars, um, courses of study and certification programs, along with personal services, uh, and all of that's without obligation. So there you have it, my friend. It's 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 a pretty big nutshell, but um, it's 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 a life life. <laughs> I can't get my words out. Lifetime's work, body of work, <laughs> right there. And uh, when the day comes that I step down, my daughter is going to take over. So um, she's very familiar with it, and, and she's on there with me. And You'll find River Wildfire Moon there. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. off doing she her, her paranormal investigations, and she does very well with that. So, yeah, it's kind of a family she thing. <laughs> all my talented ladies. I love it. <laughs> well, I, you know, because I grew up in a permissive household, it seemed only right that I created one for the girls. So when they were growing up, we I taught them everything I I had learned. They grew up with That's it. Great. It was natural for them great. too. Yeah. Cool. Well, cinnamon. We went over a little bit, but I knew we were going to. So oh. I, I added more time adjusting tests, and, and we did. But I want to thank you so much for being oh, my, my guest. Oh, my pleasure. And it's been an honor. Thank you for friend. having me, Rose. I love having thank time you. with you. And it's uh, the first, but it's not the last. And I thank you for being on. Take care. Love you very much, my dear. 
Love you, too. You take care, too, honey. Good night, everybody. Blessings to you all. Thanks for tuning in. Night, everybody.